All right, guys, welcome to a very special episode of the Pinchpoint Podcast. We have a celebrity guest today. Oh. Todd Graff is with us. Celebrity. Hello, Mr. Graff. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. I feel like I just saw you a few minutes ago. <laughs> I feel like I've been seeing you all day here in the office, but here we are doing a podcast together. So today we're going to be breaking down, I guess, kind of breaking down and giving our opinions on some of the data that's in this National Deer Association deer report. Are you familiar with this? Have you ever seen it? Have you ever heard about it? I, I, of course, I'm familiar with the organization. They're, they're a great organization. Yeah, but but, but what no, about I, have, I do not know anything about this report. You are blindsiding me with this. I'm not blindsiding you. Yes, you, you are. With, you said that. That anything. was the purpose of this. It's not really a blindside. It's more of a, I just want to get your kind of off-the-cuff reaction and take on what some of this data means. So what the National Deer Association does is every year they gather like a tremendous amount of information. I can't imagine how long this takes because they actually reach out to, I think, every state and every province and they ask them questions. They look for harvest data and then they aggregate it all together into this report. The report from this year is something like 64, 65 pages. Like it's pretty big, right? Now, the last, I don't know, 10... Did you read this whole report? I just want to I didn't to read clear. the whole thing, no. Absolutely okay. not. <laughs> There's a lot of it that I just didn't really care too much about. <laughs> like, I would get to a page where I was like, yeah, I really don't care about this topic. Next page. And then the last, like, 10 or 12 pages is, like, mule deer and blacktail deer and, like, just other stuff that doesn't really affect us here. I mean, we're in Illinois. So okay. I, I just skipped those. Focused mostly on the whitetail stuff for today. So we do only care about whitetails. The like. data, and we do mostly care about whitetails. So the data we're looking at today, so this is the 2023 report, right? But it's 2021 data. So let's just keep that in mind. Okay. We just finished up the 2022 season. There hasn't been enough time to get all that data from all the states and put it together. So we're looking at data that not from this most recent season, but the season prior to that, right? So let's just kind of start at the top. I ran through this thing. I highlighted a bunch of points that I thought were interesting. There is going to be kind of a heavy focus on Illinois because that's where we live. That's where we hunt. That's where you own land. Like it makes the most sense for us to maybe focus a little bit on our own state, but we'll talk about a lot of other states as well. So um, one of the things that they kind of, uh, I don't know, touted is one of the you know big revelations for this year um, is going to be the low harvest of yearling bucks. So year and a half old bucks. So they say that yearling buck harvest rates are near their lowest point ever recorded. Um, and the percentage of three and a half year old or older bucks is near the highest ever recorded. Right. So what we're doing is we're seeing a decline in people shooting young bucks and we're seeing an increase maybe in people shooting deer three and a half or older, which they're saying is like, is a good thing, right? I mean, off the cuff, what do you think? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this mean nothing to you? Well, I mean, it was definitely a lot more fun when there wasn't as much competition for the big bucks, but clearly everybody... <laughs> but there weren't as many of them. Okay, there wasn't maybe. as many of them. I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know as far as that goes. I mean, I, I seem to be seeing more one-and-a-half-year-old deer personally. Right. On well, my own farms with my own right. deer. That's just what Which I'm would saying. make sense because few of them, fewer a of fewer, them are getting killed. Right. So everybody's letting the year-and-a-halfs go, and then they're shooting them when they get a little bit older. Right? So, I mean, there uh, does there is some issues with some of this data. I question, like, how the DNRs in the various states. And keep in mind, only I think it was – I have the number in here somewhere. It was like – 22 or 27 of the surveyed states keep track of like, um, 
year and a half versus two and a half versus three and a half or older. And I don't really know how each state does that. Okay. I mean, without a certified like biologist there to tell you how old well, a deer is, I don't know if they're basing this on measurements or just self-reporting. And or, these are dead deer? These are Harvest. dead. These are dead okay. deer. These are deer that people have killed. Right. So let's look at this. So let's just look at the total number of bucks shot in different states. I thought this was really interesting. So Texas, it's a big state, right? Huge. They shot the most bucks of any state at 447,000 bucks were killed <laughs> in the state of Texas, which that is more than like the total number of deer that are killed in Illinois. Like as a whole, they shot 447,000, almost 448,000. Rhode Island, of course, it's a small state, right? So we're going the biggest state against the smallest state. Rhode Island shot the fewest bucks at 1,215. So you have a state that shot 448,000 and then a state that shot 1,200 and everywhere in between. So if we look at the top states that killed bucks, it goes Texas, which we talked about. There's a pretty big drop off. It goes to Michigan next at 223,000. So you're talking half of what Texas shot. Then another big drop into Wisconsin, 153,000, PA at 145, and then Missouri at 143. So what I found interesting was Michigan at 223,000. Like Michigan's a decent-sized state, but it's not enormous by any stretch, right? And a lot of it, like that upper part of Michigan, there's just not a lot of deer density. But no. uh, I mean, ultimately, it seems like the deer hunters in Michigan really are, they're wearing them out pretty good up there. <laughs> they have the highest antlered buck harvest per square mile, right? So they're killing wow. four antlered deer per square mile in the state of Michigan. That's a lot of bucks per square mile. That's averaged out across the entire state. Do you really think that's a lot though? Um, yeah. Where do you think Illinois is? How many bucks per square mile do we kill in the state of Illinois? If you oh, had to guess. Man, there's a... If you know that Michigan is the highest at four. I, I know, but I just think about some of these just massive dead zones in Illinois where there's just not as much. I mean, like. Yes, Michigan is different know. in the amount of forest. Than right. I mean, much I, more forest. So I know that's going to skew the numbers because, I mean, I, I just think about when I'm driving south. I mean, dude, there's areas where you, you wouldn't even hunt. I, 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 I mean, believe there's... the number that I saw um, in here is that Illinois is like 75% ag. Yeah, see, that changes things a little bit. I, okay, so you're asking me a question. I, I'm going to have to say. I absolutely think it has to be two or three One per point, mile. 1.2. 1.2. So we kill Not on near average. my farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, so if you look across uh, the Midwest, Michigan is by far the highest at four per square mile. The next one that's even close is Wisconsin at 2.8. And then we go to Ohio at 2.2. There's a lot of states that are less than one. Iowa's less hmm. than one. Kansas is less than one. But again, Iowa's kind of a lot more like Illinois where you just have those big... Sure, Nebraska, North Dakota. North Dakota's 0.3, right? South Dakota, 0.5. So yes, when you look at the states that are more forested, there's probably... What we're not looking at here is like total deer population. So, but I mean, it's very clear. Michigan, highest by far at 4.0. Michigan and Wisconsin are probably pretty similar in terms of like forested land to ag ground. And Wisconsin's at 2.8. So they are wearing them out in Michigan. 
that's why we always hear guys from Michigan like complaining about the deer hunting and coming down. And they're not states. being as many big bucks. And they're not being as many big bucks. So um, I thought this was interesting. So to talk about Michigan was 4.0 per square mile, Delaware at 3.5. Both of those are more than double the average of 1.6 per square mile. So that's a national average looking across all these different states, 1.6. Those Two states are both more than double, with North Dakota being the lowest at uh, 0.3 per square mile. So I just thought that was very interesting. It is interesting. One thing I didn't really have a chance to look into, but I thought this was strange. Louisiana shot 42% more bucks than its five-year average. So in 2021, they increased 42% over the, the five years previous average together. So I don't know what the heck happened in Louisiana. They just had a really good year or they changed some sort of regulation, made a season longer. Hard to really say. Mother Nature noticing is a problem. Um, (laughs) Yeah, possibly. So yeah, Illinois. Let's just take a look at Illinois and we'll look at our uh, antlered buck harvest. So our antlered buck harvest in 2021 was about 69,000, which was a little bit less than our five-year average of 70,000. So pretty close to being an average year for us. I would agree. We harvest uh, per 100 deer hunters, we 30 of them kill bucks. So 30 out of every 100 hunters kill bucks. I was not one of those 30 <laughs> last year. And you killed two, so I don't know how that works. <laughs> they didn't give us the numbers on how many people kill more than one buck, but we were 30 out of 100, so let's say 30%. So 30 out of so okay, so 30% which is the average for the Midwest. If I look across mm. the Midwest, it's 30%. Now, some states are pretty high. South Dakota, 48%. 48 out Old of 100. Bucks. Now, keep in mind, this is all weapons. This is gun, bow, crossbow, muzzleloader, the whole the whole deal. So the highest was um, South Dakota at 48. We also had 42 in Michigan. So, of course, we knew that was going to be high. And then Kansas at 42%. You know, but both of those, you know what I find unique about those states? They're wide open and they're rifle states. So I was, when you were talking about Texas <laughs> and you said 400 and something thousand deer out there, you're going to say most of the deer were shot at 400 yards. <laughs> they probably were. <laughs> but there's sniper rifles. So yeah, we seem to be right on par of about, let's call it 30% success ratio of hunters that kill bucks. Now let's get back to the yearling topic, right? Because, again, they dedicated almost an entire page of this report to the age structure of the deer that were harvested. 27 states reported in the percentage of their antlered buck harvest that was a year and a half old. So um, we got 27 out of, like, there was, like, 40-some states that got surveyed, something like that. So a little bit more than half. Um, the lowest percentage of yearling bucks in the in the harvest, what states do you think were the lowest percentage of yearling bucks? Well, these where are, are gonna... where are people shooting the fewest spikes <laughs> in four corns? I know not Wisconsin. Um, you are correct. Wisconsin <laughs> is actually in the list of uh, highest percentage of yearling There's bucks. There's something about Wisconsin where they just like to say, "I got my buck." There's they no. do, they so, do. Okay, that have not. Okay, I, I'm going to say states, in my opinion, that are people that kind of desire big bucks and are trying to do better management. So I'm going to say Iowa. Not in the top five. Nope. No. 
This is going to surprise you. You probably would never guess any of these. Oh, well, then he's just trying to make me look bad. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to guess them either. <laughs> this okay. has nothing to do with you. I've, I found this data surprising. So then that that ruins my Illinois comment. So Illinois yep, is probably not, not in there as, as well. Um, then I'm, I'm at a loss because I would, I would, I guess my brain would have said, hey, what states are trying to manage for bigger bucks? I think Iowa. I think. You, you know, I think maybe Texas. I think, you know, some of these states, you know, Missouri, that's what Ohio. I th- that's kind of what I thought, too. But obviously, I'm completely we are wrong. wrong. So the top, the, the five states with the lowest percentage of yearling buck harvest, Mississippi at 10%. So they're shooting l- l- the, the least? 10% of their bucks are year and a half olds. Hmm. Then it goes Florida, Oklahoma, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana. So all southern states are hmm. shooting the lowest percentage of yearlings. Conversely, the highest percentage of yearlings are mostly northern states. You mentioned Wisconsin, 41%. So 41% of their bucks are going to be year and a half. Massachusetts, the same, 41%. New Hampshire at 42 Maryland, 44 hmm. Coming in, topping the list at the highest percentage of year and a half olds, Maine, 54%. I think Maine's probably one of those areas where it's like uh, truly, if it's brown, it's down. Like probably we're, we're shooting, we're shooting it no matter what because yeah. we may not see another tier. I agree until next year. I agree with that. So now the high, I thought this was interesting. Eh, I guess maybe it's not so interesting. So the states with the lowest percentage of year and a half olds were also the states that tended to have the highest percentage of three and a half or better. So these are the states that are managing, right? Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. So Texas was the only one that snuck in there um, Hmm. that wasn't on that other list. But in Mississippi, 79% of bucks are three and a half or older. You got a question, is that accurate? Or do people in Mississippi, (laughs) are they just not smart enough to know how to age a deer? (laughs) We'll have to call Lance what and find it? out. <laughs> that I could think of Lance accent. That's got to be a three and a half. <laughs> That's what Sorry, they tell Lance. everybody. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, I mean, you're talking 80% almost of bucks yeah, in Mississippi are three and a half or older. Gosh. So, I don't know if there's just intense management happening down there or if these data uh, is flawed. I'm not sure. That's interesting, though. I don't know how I feel about, about this this trend overall they want to say it's like a great thing like dude look back in 1989 62 percent of all bucks nationwide were a year and a half olds people killed now that's down to 27 percent. you could see that graph is significantly just tapered down huh you know but percentage, I look, percentage, percentage of, of year, a year and a half old bucks so i think about my kid right i think about me when i was just starting hunting yeah i, I shot every this. deer that i that came in front of me i killed a pile of them dude yeah, you but look killed. at but look at but yeah but look at look at your son now he's willing to he's say 10, i want to wait he's 10 and he won't shoot a year and a half right. old buck and, and there's no doubt i mean it's crazy yeah, but you know what? I, I don't know. I think about Wisconsin in the early days. I mean, seriously, we, we didn't have a lot of big bucks. Dude, I'm telling you, if you shot a basket when I was young, like, <laughs> dude, you did shoot a four-and-a-half-year-old. But here's the but, feeling. Okay, so here's an interesting question, hmm. right? Back in those days, we didn't have trail cameras, so we didn't know what was around. Think about how many deer you have trail camera pictures of that you never see. You know they're there, but you don't see them. I have a multitude of them on all the farms that I hunt. 
that I've had years of pictures of, and maybe I've had one fleeting glimpse of that buck, right? So back in those days, we don't know. Maybe the bigger bucks were there. We just weren't seeing them. And the first one they came and, by. And because you were like, I never see them, I'm shooting the first thing that comes by. Uh, that's a possibility. I think that's really changed the mindset of a lot of people. And like, I know this buck is here. Gosh, look at that trend. I mean, that is legitimately interesting. And maybe it's got some correlation to kind of, you know, the whole QDMA thing of shooting more does, let them go so they can grow, really became a saying, yeah. you know, over the last 20 years For or sure. so. Um, you know, the rise of just, you know, general conservation principles and whatnot. Like, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it. I agree. Um, and there's also the, there's the small buck shaming. Nobody wants to shoot a little buck and put it on Facebook or wherever. And everyone's like, why'd you shoot that thing? You never see the little ones on Instagram or Facebook. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I know I, I don't post any of my little ones on there. No, that's not true. Well, you got to shoot one first. I shot a little one in Wyoming and I posted it on there. I have no shame, Todd. So in Illinois, let's talk about Illinois. 36% uh, of our bucks are yearlings that are shot. So about one third. And that number's been almost the same since the three years that I have. 39, 37, 36. Um, I don't know how they track that, though. Because when we kill a deer in Illinois. That's what I was going to say. They don't. Like, no, no. Because when you when you call it in, you do, you're measuring. You're taking the measurements. And and they, and they 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 generally have an idea with the measurement, the nostril measurement. You How know, many the, people are making those measurements up? <laughs> I, I don't. You're supposed to use the, the little tape thing. The dude. tape thing they give you is never big enough to actually do anything. It's a joke. It's a complete joke. It, it works fine for me. As I always measure put, them, dude. Most of the people I know, they're just winging it and putting it in some sort of measurement. Well. I mean, I don't know if that's what they're basing it off Then you're flawing good data. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Illinois DNR. Nobody said, like, this is important for us to know. So you're you're not even using the tape to go around the antler bases and stuff? I mean, come on. I I roughly know what the base measurement is, so I'll give a rough number. Like, if I look at a buck that I shoot, and I'm like, oh, he's got a four-inch base. Well, you're not helping I'll calculate it out to millimeters or whatever, but I'm not. Not going out of my way to give them a scientific measurement. Sorry. Right. I mean, sorry, DNI. I guess you have to take a grain of salt with with all these type of reports. Yeah, but that's they, what they are very interesting. Like when you see this this yearling report thing, I mean that's that's a significant difference. So we're shooting less yearlings. We're also shooting a lot less does, which I've found is an interesting trend. Because I mean, again, think back to I guess the beginning of QDMA and let them go so they can grow. There was a huge trend. I mean, I remember watching videos where these guys would just go and just lay out a bunch of does. We got to shoot 20 does off the farm this year, right? There's just too many deer. We got to balance our our numbers. So everybody would whack does. I can remember shooting two does on one hunt at times, you know, and now it's like the deer numbers are down. So we're all kind of going, do I need to shoot this doe or do I not need to shoot this doe? That's kind of how I feel. So um, antlerless harvest dropped 8% uh, nationwide from 2020 to 2021. But I I think with what you're saying though, Justin, is I mean, you drive around and I am definitely seeing less deer, period. In all the spots that I'm driving to, driving wherever i mean that you know which i'm sorry but for me that definitely has to have you stop and think do i really need to shoot a doe i agree 100 percent. i shot a doe this year 
I wasn't all that thrilled about it, to be honest with you, but I hadn't shot a deer with my bow in two years, and I just wanted to make sure I could still do it. I'm and not, I wanted I'm not to saying meet, that you I mean, shoot doe. Yeah, I'm but I mean, that, but. I'm just saying, like, I had second thoughts about it. I was like, ah, do I really need to do this? But then I was like, you know what? I'm on about a give or take a 600-acre farm. There's only two of us that bow hunt it. You know, shooting one doe out here, I don't think it's going to make a world of difference, you know, in terms of like the overall population. So I went ahead and shot her, but there's definitely a case for not shooting does in in a lot of areas now. Yeah, I agree. Despite what the DNR wants, the DNR wants us to shoot all of them and keep the numbers down. But I think uh, as usual, hunters and DNR aren't always like fully aligned with what we want. Um, so we got to meet in the middle. So the overall harvest was down in the Midwest. It decreased by 10%. Um, 12 of 13 states shot fewer antlerless deer in 2021 than 2020. Only Kansas actually shot more. Um, so interestingly enough, the NDA report says very few states should be harvesting more does than bucks on a regular basis should be harvesting more. No, I'm sorry. I I flipped that around. Very few states should be harvesting more bucks than does. They say antlered bucks, antlerless deer. They call them antlerless deer, right? Because it could include button bucks because we don't necessarily know. I know that's your favorite thing is when people shoot button bucks. So it says, basically it says states shouldn't be shooting more bucks than does. However, in 2021, 59% of the states that reported in shot more bucks than does. Hmm. So that's happening more and more. Now, the NDA says you shouldn't be doing that right. or that shouldn't be happening. The question is really why is it happening? Is it a cultural shift? Is it just because people are like, hey, man, there's not a lot of deer. I don't want to shoot a doe. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Illinois I, I, doe yeah. harvest was down 12%. We shoot approximately 1.1 antlerless deer. Oh, no, that's our, I'm sorry, that's the ratio. We shoot 1.1 antlerless to antlered. So it's just slightly skewed towards does, very, very little. Well, we've got a cool thing that's going to be coming down the pipe here, Justin. I, you know, I was telling you about that herd drone survey that we're going to be doing. So that's going to be kind of cool. I'm really looking forward to that and seeing what type of numbers are going to show up for sure. Because I, I definitely, I would not shoot a doe off, off both of the two farms that I've been hunting. I, I would not shoot a doe. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not seeing the deer. Sorry. You got Todd's dog down here. Eating antlers. You can just take the antler away. From the doggy, so. Oh, there. Before it bites you. All right. I, and I just think, I, I do believe that hunters, you know, sometimes people don't want to, act like hunters are conservationists, but the bottom line is we are. And I, and I think most of us in situations, when you're not seeing a bunch of animals, like, I don't know, man, I don't, I don't feel good about shooting a doe. If I'm hunting a farm where there's not a lot of doe, that's just my opinion. So the question becomes, like, we talk about hunters are conservationists. Like, what defines conservation and what a conservationist is? And seeing, you, I knew I kind of walked myself seeing, into that. I seeing more deer? <laughs> Right, just for the benefit of having a more enjoyable hunt or keeping the deer at manageable levels, whatever those you know are, whoever sets those numbers, right? At, you know, and it, well, that, but that's the problem. Like, who sets those rules? And, and and again, I I still go back, Justin, and I think about that old farm that I had in Wisconsin, that Swan property, right? And just the number of deer 
that that place produced. It was like a deer factory. Seriously. I mean, that place was like a deer factory. And it just, it's mind boggling to me how that area can be such a massive deer factory and continue to have the numbers year after year. But yet some of these other areas that you and I hunt, even when we try to, in my opinion, using the word conservation and maybe back off shooting does like, it's like they just don't produce the number of deer. It's crazy to me. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and the, the question is whether that's habitat, whether that's hunting pressure, whether that's predation, whether I have that's no fawn idea. recruitment. I mean, there's so many things that go into deer populations in general. Like, I don't certainly have all the answers. Maybe it's I, the vehicles. You know, maybe there's so many more vehicle collisions. by cars. Yeah. yeah. But I don't mean, you're kind of out in the country. I mean, how many deer are getting hit by cars out where you're at? I was thinking more around our house. Around so here, they get worn out, right. for sure. <laughs> there was one in front of my house the other day that looked like hamburger on the highway. Like, you <laughs> oh, could, geez. I couldn't even tell it was a deer, except I saw an ear. Like, I was yeah. like, oh, that was a deer. I couldn't tell what it was. But, uh, okay, so let's talk about percentage of fawns in the antlerless harvest. Well, right? you so, can talk more about this than I can, because you've shot a lot more fawns in your life than I have. I think I've only killed one. I even shamed you on one, I think. I think I've only killed one in my life. Todd. I don't know. Sorry. I know that I killed one. It was a button buck. We'd at I mean, this, Mike. I whacked it. No, Mike shot a button buck one time, I remember. And when we <laughs> took the trophy photos of it, he was holding its ears. And he like covered up the buttons <laughs> oh. like this. And we took the picture from the side. Mike. So you couldn't tell it was a button buck. <laughs> Mine, yeah, I kind of did the same. I just left the head kind of on the ground at a good angle. Todd, I, I, Todd called me you, out on that one. You know sure. when I did it. I did it when it was the first year that um, Wisconsin forced us to shoot a doe before we could shoot a buck. Oh, remember that one? Buck. Remember I was Earn in the buck. rain? Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was like the first one that came by. I was like, My, it's earned a buck. We had to do what we had to do. <laughs> My favorite fawn shot video of all time is still going to be Neil. Like his oh, first deer he boy. ever shot for bow hunter die when he had that hat with the patch. <laughs> he shot that little fawn that was like right underneath him. <laughs> I'm sure it good tasted old, good. Good old, I'm sure it did taste good. So the lowest percentage of fawns included in the antlerless harvest. Texas is the lowest. They are not huh. shooting fawns. They only only good for you, Texas. Three percent of their antlerless wow. harvest is fawns. Whereas the highest percent goes But that's like shooting a dog down there, dude. They're little. They the are deer are little. I mean, I remember I was in Mississippi. It's like, dude, a fawn is like, seriously, it's like shooting my dog right now. They're like, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm serious. If you, if you go to New York, there was a guy that shot two German shepherds and he thought they were. I did see that. <laughs> thought they were coyotes. We talked about <laughs> it in this week's podcast. Then he skinned them out. Not oh, come he on. Them, he skinned them out get... and he brought them to a taxidermist to get tanned. Because he thought they were just awesome coyotes. There's yes. no way. There's I swear no way to you. I swear to you. And then, there are and then, some dumb people in this <laughs> that's world. That's what I said. What an idiot. Uh, so you I mean, got him and the lady that shot the husky out in Montana or wherever. So uh, highest percentage geez. of fawns in the antlerless harvest, Massachusetts. It seems to be mostly northeast. Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Ohio, Virginia, then Nebraska, surprisingly. Dude, they're just dying to see a deer. Massachusetts? They, they probably just see one and they're like, I got it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So hmm. here's the other interesting thing. So Massachusetts, 37% of their antlerless harvest was fawns. Wow. Right? Massachusetts, I believe, also has the highest percentage of public land. Yes, 43% of their deer are killed on public land in Massachusetts. Wow. But they also kill a lot of fawns. So I wonder if there's a like a correlation between like, eh, I'm on public land, just shoot anything that moves. We've talked about Maybe. that quite a bit. I mean, we, we've talked about that in the past where 
Sometimes, you know, you it's one thing when you're hunting your own property, you got this certain feeling, right? Like these are, I know they're not your deer, but you kind of feel like they're your deer, right? But, you know, you go on to a public land spot and you're just kind of like, this isn't my place. I'm going to shoot a deer. I'm yeah. going to shoot a deer. Yeah. So there's a question of whether this kind of public land boom or whatever is really good or bad. If you got more people going, we want more people hunting. But if they're just going in there and just shooting every deer that they see, is that good for conservation? I don't know. That's um, what the DNR wants. So just talking about public land, they kind of made a big deal about this as well. I don't really know why, but I think um, percent, highest percentage of deer harvested on public land. So that's going to be Massachusetts first, 43%, which is astounding. Gosh. Massachusetts is a little tiny state. Yeah. And it's a bunch of weird libs out there. So maybe they just like <laughs> don't let people hunt their property and everybody has to go hunt public land because it's possible. It's, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's like, I, I don't like, know anything about that. I feel state. like John Kerry lives in Massachusetts. I don't even know if that's true, but then he would be like, don't hunt my property. So followed by New Jersey at 30% of their deer come on public land, Rhode Island at 28. I was interested that these are all like kind of East Coast states, hmm. considering that there's such little amount of public land. Florida had a lot of public land deer. So they're braving the snakes and whatever else is down there. Dude, they got everything down there. Everything yeah. kills you down there. Gators. Dude, it's just to go shoot a little deer on public land. And then Delaware at 15%. Now, I don't think you could pay me to go hunt in Florida. Really? Dude, I, I, would you go shoot a deer in Florida? A deer? No, I, maybe a turkey. Yeah, I'm just out. It's just, there's no, I don't know. Ugh, you're hot. It's not really a nasty. deer hunting destination. No, I'm out. Say. Most people aren't like I don't yeah, think you could pay me to go. See, I mean, you could pay me to do just about uh, anything. Okay, fine. <laughs> so if the, somebody wants to pay for me and Justin to go to Florida, we we <laughs> pay us. We'll come down to Florida. And hunt. We'll we'll come down. Oh, and think about check the it bugs. Out. That's oh, what I'm saying. I mean, dude, it's terrible. It, ah, no thanks. No. So the highest Those percentage real of there. deer on private land. This is really not a shock at all. Texas, ninety nine percent of their deer are shot on private land. That of their like, I would have guessed gajillion that. deer. Yeah, me too. Georgia. North Carolina, Kentucky, Alabama, Virginia. Hmm. So those are the highest, you know. So I think overall, uh, if I read this right, um, so yeah, here we go. Uh, something like 95% of all deer are shot. On, Dude, this is a monster report. Yeah, we're going to get to some other stuff here. Top states by weapon type. We'll just look at top states for bow. Highest percentage of deer shot with bows, New Jersey. Uh, really? 64% of their deer are killed with a bow or crossbow. Now, they don't separate like the, between bow and crossbow. That's good. That's good. I like crossbow. those guys. Yeah, 64. Oh, they don't separate. They don't, oh. So it could be a bunch of crossbows. I don't know if they're legal there or not, but we go know. New Jersey, Connecticut at 51, Massachusetts at 48, Ohio at 48, Kansas at 47. I found huh. Kansas interesting. 47% of their deer are shot with a bow and arrow. Kansas is pretty wide open, like we talked about earlier, a lot of Dude, rifle hunting. yeah, but they bait, man. I was just going to say Dude, that. it's a huge They're just baiting. shooting them over corn Right. Sorry, Kansas guys. Sorry. You we guys are cheating. Dude, get... if you don't bait in Kansas from all the people that I talk to, I mean, you can own a great farm, but if you're not baiting... Your neighbor is. Your neighbor and is. And they're sucking all the deer over mm -hmm. there. I feel like Ohio, we hear the same thing about Ohio. Right. A lot. Like you just have to do it. Otherwise you can't even compete. So in Illinois, uh, we are about 45% of our harvest. Did you know two years ago, they, or two years or last year, they tried pushing through our state to be able to bait deer? Did you know this? No. Yeah. I, I met with the, the one of the uh, 
biologists out in Joe Davis County, and they actually tried pushing it through. Could you imagine that if we could suddenly, I mean, we have all these CWD issues, and all of a sudden we could start baiting deer? That's well, that like would, the stupidest that was push. That's going to happen, right? I, I wouldn't think so. But why would even I mean, we try couldn't to push bait deer before CWD. Uh, we could feed similar to what Iowa's got. Because we always you. used to put corn out like after the season was over. We would put corn out at our properties and we'd build like little shed antler traps to try to like knock yeah. the off. They worked. We've I got a couple know. sheds in them. And then we would run. This is in the dawn of trail cameras. This is like, you know, the actual like cam tracker days. We would run, you know, film cameras Dude. over the corn piles. I, I spent still, more money on those. I found a shoebox of film. old uh, trail camera pictures that my dad had stashed away, and there's a bunch of them, you know, in the snow, big pile of corn out there with bucks at I, them. I still think of that photo I have of you at your at the desk. Where oh. it was like, where did all the bucks go? Remember we had all those 35 yeah, millimeter all, pictures? Yeah, it's all printed out. I'm, I'm Brandon, I'll photo. send that to you so you can throw it up and look at this young picture, young buck Justin looking at all these. Yeah, like, look at all these photos. deer that I can't kill. Nothing has changed in all those years now. <laughs> so these are percentage of people who used bows. Bows. That's pretty impressive. 50% of their entire kill. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, for That's sure. That's pretty impressive. That's cool. There's it's it's a strange kind of disparity. Like main bow kills are only nine percent of their total kills. I think Wyoming, I think, was the lowest. Let me find Wyoming where they seven percent. So 93% of their their deer are killed with a, a rifle in Wyoming. Yeah, but I mean, but again, think of that country. Yeah, it's wide open. Yeah. Super far they're shots. Not, they're not Suppressors are legal. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Western states, the percentage of bow kills are like 10% or less mm -hmm. in all the Western states that they surveyed. It's really highest in kind of that, that Northeast. But it always seems like there's such a push by these manufacturers that advertise the bow and arrows out West, but there's only... 10% of them being harvested by bows. Yeah, but this is deer we're talking That's about. Those true. Are, those are That's elk. True. Those are elk, elk dudes. That's elk bros. Good point. The Westies. All right. So let's talk CWD graph, one of our favorite topics that we've been living with. This is why. This is the real reason why <laughs> Dude, I've been baited this into this This is why I asked you here today. today. Baiting is illegal in Illinois, Todd. I can't bait you in here. All right. So CWD has been I've now been identified in 30 U.S. states, five Canadian provinces, Korea, Norway, Finland, we we exported CWD to all of those uh, countries at well, mm. as well. CWD was discovered for the first time in Alabama, Louisiana, and North Carolina last year. So we added three new states to our list. I thought this was interesting that they, inclu they included in here. One study found that mineral licks can serve as reservoirs of CWD prions and thus facilitate disease transmission. Well, duh, I mean, duh. I mean, kind of knew that, right? Just thought it was interesting that they included something that was, like, fairly obvious. Yeah. But especially a mineral lick. Like, think about it. Like, the, all the deer licking on the same right. block. 100%. Versus maybe, like, eating from the same. I mean, do you know how many deer licks I put on in my life? Not in Illinois. I'm talking about Wisconsin right now. Oh, tons um, of them. Oh my dude, it, that was a ritual. Like, dude, that was something to look forward dude, to. That was a weekend. Like, let's be honest. You could go into Cabela's down the street here and buy every mineral block made on the market. Right. And unless, what are you doing? Buying it here and taking it to some other state, which most of the states around here don't allow it either we because did of CWD. In Wisconsin, but I, I mean, it doesn't make sense. To me. all I mean, you're talking. You, I mean, you just said thirty percent. You just said thirty states. Have CWD now yep. in them. Yeah. But yet 
look at how many states you can still bait. And not to mention the fact that, I mean, even if they stop the baiting and the mineral licks that you're talking about, do you know how many farmers are putting out mineral licks for cattle and the deer are still using them? I, I mean, I, that's I don't just know that number, but I'm sure it's a good. Oh, model. dude, the cattle farmers are always putting out mineral licks for deer. Uh, not for deer, for, 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 for cattle. I'm talking, apologize sure. for, for for cattle. So I mean, those prion zones that you're talking about, dude, those aren't going away. Well, uh, they're all over the place. They're called scrapes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good. You point. got licking branches, and you got deer, you know, pissing and pooping in these. Scrapes no, at this point, there like, is no. I mean, the writing's on the wall. There's no slowing that down. Now, unfortunately, there isn't. Now, whether stopping baiting and minerals and all stuff actually st stops or slows the spread, I think it's, there's no hard evidence. I think it's anecdotal where it seems like, yeah, for sure, man. It seems like the less you can concentrate deer, the better, whether that does anything or not. I don't know. I, th I thought this was an interesting thing. CWD has been shown to experimentally infect squirrel monkeys, pigs, and laboratory mice that carry some human genes. There's currently conflicting evidence of potential infection when uh, they in, when they consume infected venison. So the misleading part of some of those headlines when those studies came out were that like, oh man, we managed to infect uh, a monkey or a, a mouse with CWD. Like, oh my God, humans are going to get it now. But what they didn't tell you is they took like highly concentrated doses of CWD and like injected it right into their brain. Oh, that's And then nice. got it to like take hold. So they're like, oh man, we did something that completely you'd never see in the real world. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But we made it happen. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Um, there's also, I, I don't know. We need to find a real cure, right? Like, I mean, I, I well, we'll kind of get to some of that because there's like funding issues and there's all these ideas okay. about selling stamps. So these people are coming up with these ideas that you could buy like an optional stamp. Let's say when you buy your hunting license and you're, you're already buying a habitat stamp, maybe you're buying some sort of deer research stamp to help fund. Yeah, but CWD as long as the money's going to, to not necessarily sharpshooting the hell out of them, but <laughs> you know, you know, to true real research well, to stop did, the problem. I don't know if I highlighted that page in here, but uh, there is. I would buy a stamp. I would make okay, a donation. So, Bowhoney.com will make a donation to... The NWA also NWA NDA. <laughs> uh, the NDA also supports the use of targeted removal strategies, aka sharpshooting, to help reduce the spread of CWD, keep it at a low prevalence. Targeted removal is not an eradication effort, keep in mind. Rather, it allows a wildlife agency to determine whether disease is likely new to an area and only found in a small number of animals, or if it has been there for several years and has impacted a much larger percentage of the deer population. Knowing this is important, and it identifies the next best step to fight the disease. We also encourage hunters to test all deer harvested before consuming or donating to a venison donation program. So, your thoughts. Sharpshooting. We've been dealing with it for 20 years here in Illinois. I think, I think CWD was discovered in 02, if I remember, in Illinois. Or was that Wisconsin? Either way, it's been about 20 years now and i believe they've been sharpshooting our deer for about just as long i clearly know i've been baited into this room now i i, I am 100 against sharpshooting of deer period i think it's completely bullshit all right why because i, I think there are other measures that could be taken first for starters there is zero reason like in the state of illinois why we cannot have an at least an earn a buck Earn a buck right off the bat would help Oof. knock that. 
Listen, do you, I, uh, do you think hunters would be more pissed off about earn a buck or more pissed off about sharpshooting? I think you're going to piss more people off with an earn a buck, personally. You know what? I think when you give people the feeling of control and they feel like they're participating and they can control it versus sharpshooters harvesting animals and you never yeah, know what con- bucks are being killed. You're not hey, really listen, giving them control. My I know, but here. you're not really giving them control if you're forcing them to do something. I, but you still have that feeling of like, I'm, I'm participating in this. Listen, there are so many flaws with the way we're doing things right now here in Illinois. I can only really speak to Illinois other than the fact that I know CWD has been around in Wyoming and these other states for a long time and they've done nothing about it. And I'm sure the infection rates have gone up, but yet the deer population still seem to be pretty hardy and pretty big, at depends, least from the time. Depends on, well, we're not in the, the hot zone area. Okay. They so are getting at, worse. I mean, if you were to talk to Dustin, I know that he's flat out said like we're seeing fewer and fewer mature bucks every year. Sure. You know. Well, you had your, this is being done on a state-by-state basis, right? So we're neighboring Wisconsin. We know what's happened in Wisconsin. They tried to do things. They tried to implement different things, and now they're doing nothing. And there's no doubt the infection rate in bucks has gone up. I believe when I talked to the individual I talked to, it was almost up to 50% now in bucks. I think it's it might even be higher. I think it was higher. Areas. I was just trying to be conservative, and I don't want to – I didn't really get permission to use his name and some of the information he shared with me. So well, a lot of that information is public. You it can, probably You is. can look at it like that kind of ground is. zero area, that sure. kind of Iowa County area right along the Wisconsin river in there. Like I think when they survey bucks in there, like two and a half years or older that are shot in that area, it's like 60 plus percent are CWD positive. Again, you asked me a question. I think when it comes to Illinois, there could be an earn a buck program. Number one, number two, the way that they're reporting CWD is also dysfunctional too. I mean, come on, Justin, the last season of the year is called what? CWD season. CWD season. Are any of those deer being tested? Yeah. No. Yeah. If you no, shoot, they're not. Yes, they are. If you shoot a deer with your bow, with your bow, right? But if the, you why shoot are one, all deer being tested? Because they don't need to test every deer. The way scientific testing works is you just have to test enough. Test them all of them. The thing is, if you don't, you don't have to test every one to get an accurate like idea. Uh, of you can, general. Well, you don't think bad luck could happen? They, I mean, they of all, course, bad luck can happen. But I think scientifically speaking, like there's a certain number that need to be tested from an area that will give you the number that you need without having to test every one of them. There's probably far more deer shot during the that that CWD season with guns, which are mandated to be checked they're, they're in at a check station, true. right? But there is no mandate that you have to get it tested for CWD. That is still up to you yes. if you want to get it tested or not. And I know a lot of people are like, hell no, because they know what's going to happen. If the deer tests positive, then they're going to come into their but, area. But we have also seen them. here in McHenry County, and I believe last year was the first year that I seen this happen with the study that you, I think you and I looked at that study. Mm-hmm. I don't know who looked at this. I, mean, I think it was me and you where with the amount of sharpshooting they've done, they were generally seeing a trend where the number of tests were coming back as being more negative. Unfortunately, though, we recently had a spike. Despite the lower density of deer in an area, now it went up, which is super scary because Well, I think it's always going to go up. It's Uh, always going to go up. There's nothing you're going to do to make it go down. I think what they're trying to do- So what, sell all of our properties now? They're trying to get that, that rate to not- be on an incline, like super steep 
and just they understand it's going to be a slow increase over time. And there's at this point, there's nothing you're going to do to stop that because there isn't a cure. There's nothing. Right. So, I mean, it's going to continue to go up. But do you want to see it go up a fraction of a percent every year or do you want to see it jump up from you know, our infection rates are what, three and a half, maybe 5% on the high side. But again, neighboring the state that we're neighboring with an infection rate of that high, I mean, what are we going to do? Continually just create a zone like this, this, this northern part of Illinois, we're just going to get to the point where we get the deer herd so low that there's no chance. I I don't don't know. And we're trying to protect the south part of the state, but now you're talking about plenty of southern states who now have CWD. Like, sure. How are you going to protect the whole state? lines i don't think anybody knows no unfortunately so fortunately there is a lot of research happening and money being raised and etc etc so that's good i thought this was an interesting one too so they surveyed issues that are impacting deer management programs so they went to each state and they said what do you think the top two or three reasons uh, or top two or three issues are that are impacting your deer management in your state so they surveyed everybody. The top three issues when they aggregated all the data were, as we thought, CWD and disease being number one, hunter access being number two, declining hunter numbers being number three. Hmm. Those were the top three issues stated by the states themselves on issues that impact their deer management program. So CWD and disease, we kind of talked about, beat that to death. Hunter access and declining hunter numbers, in my opinion, I, I those go hand in hand. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they do, but do you really feel like that's the case? I mean, yes, hunter I re- access, hundred percent. I feel like that's a problem. See, I think we say that, but I, I don't believe that. Why? And, and let me just say it like this: I don't know of many places that don't have hunters on them. It may feel harder for me and you to go knock on a door and get access like maybe 15, 20 years ago where it was a little bit easier. But I can tell you right now, it's not like I know that many spots where it's like you just can't hunt there. Nobody's hunting there. I think I think people have access to those spots. You're giving me a look uh, right now. So you're you telling You know my feelings on this one. And then we've had some arguments on this in the uh, past. Well, that's fine. We can have an argument. What, just too many guys are raising the price? It's becoming a rich man's sport? That's part of it. You know, I, I, again, I go back to thinking about my own youth and we were hunting three or four guys on 80 acres. Like nobody ever thought anything about it. You're going to go to here. You're going to go there. I'll be right over the ridge from you, whatever. And there were more deer. And there, there were more deer. But back then, so let's assume that landowner today wants to sell his property. He sells it to somebody that wants an 80 acre piece for themselves. Okay. They buy it. And they don't let anybody else on it. Now it's just one guy. It's one guy on 80 acres that used to have three, four, five guys on it. I feel like it. he's talking about me right now. I mean, I, hey, uh, if the shoe fits. But I mean, <laughs> it's not just you, right? It happens all over this this country, right? I mean, the reality but, is but, people but, are but locking you have up friends. pieces. I mean, they're not God, just. It's not like it used to be, dude. You know it's not. You absolutely know it's not. You have friends that owned mega giant chunks of pieces of property that let very few people onto them. Far less people than those pieces of property could support to hunt or had supported in the past. You might add a 300 acre chunk that had six, seven, eight guys on it. A dude buys it. Yeah, maybe he lets two of his buddies okay. come in there, but now you got five or six guys that are displaced. But look at some of the numbers They're earlier in this older. Report. They don't have anywhere to go. They can't okay. afford a lease. 
They're not going to go. They're not going to go do public because maybe they're just like, dude, screw this. Uh, it's I'll a lot of work. Public land hunting is additional work. I mean, but but look at some of those numbers that you had earlier in the report, where the highest number of deer harvests were from public land. Yeah, and like Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> I know in places like that. You know, unfortunately, some states like do have a pretty. So you high really believe access is? So you so you're agreeing with this so, report? So let me ask you a question. We, we talk about um, recruiting new hunters. So they talk about declining hunter numbers, right? We talk about recruiting new hunters all the time. Yes. Let's say um, I know. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a friend of mine, lifelong friend. I've known him since we were 12 years old. He's expressed to me a couple times in the last couple of years, he'd like to go deer hunting at some point in time, right? And what's the problem? Where's he going to go? With you. Exactly. Where, how many adults are out there that are paying? I got a hundred acre lease. There's three of us on it, right? I have a, that's, I have a hundred acre lease with three adults. All three of us have kids that we're now bringing out there. Am I going to just squeeze a fourth dude in there? Who is he? Right? It's just, just a friend of mine. You don't All know right. him. But I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I don't really, my other farm that I hunt, I don't have permission to bring anybody else. I've tried. The landowners say, no, That's ab been absolutely that, yeah. not. Right? And then my other piece that I have here close to the office, it's, we got like 80 acres. And again, there's three of us on it. All three of us are bringing our kids now. Yeah. So essentially we got like six people hunting 80 acres. I got five of us hunting my other hundred. Like I don't have anywhere to bring them. I'd love to show them how to hunt and what to do. Maybe turn them loose on public land. Like, for how many guys are they going to have an enjoyable enough experience that they're going to want to keep continuing to do that? Well, especially at the, some of the numbers that we're beginning to see. I mean, let's face it. If you take a new hunter and you start taking them to some of the public land near us right now, I mean, they're either going to have to be diehard and super dedicated or they probably won't come back. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Guys want to get into hunting. They don't have anywhere to go. They can't afford, I mean, lease prices are out of control. We live in a state in an area where our public hunting access sucks. There's just not a lot of it. Now, if you're a really good hunter and you're smart and you're super dedicated to yeah. it, there's still some good hunting opportunities out there. For the new guy just getting into it, ooh, that's tough, right? That's tough to retain that person. And it's not like everybody's clamoring to be like, hey, man, I'll take you out to my lease. Maybe I do take a guy out there for a weekend, Right. But then I'm like, hey, see these pictures of these two bucks ah. here? <laughs> these ones you're not allowed to shoot because I've paid, I've paid thousands of dollars to hunt this property the last couple of years and put in food plots and ran trail cameras and passed this deer last year. And you, so is everybody like, yeah, I'm just going to bring my buddy out. He's never hunted before and he's going to end up shooting my, my quote unquote target deer. That's a tough thing to do. Okay. So access is, I mean, okay. I agree. So I, I'll agree with you on the, the I, I think more than anything, it's the displacement of people as, as, as hunters have this kind of mentality of wanting to shoot bigger, older, more mature deer, they're gobbling up and hoarding more and more and more land in order to, to increase those chances. There's You're no right. Doubt. There's not a lot of properties that somebody doesn't have permission to hunt, but let's face it. We all know guys that have property locked up. They don't even go hunt it because they run cameras on it and they're like, yeah, there's nothing in there I want to shoot this year. So they might have a 200 acre farm locked up that they don't even hunt because they have other places to go because there's no deer that they want to shoot. In my opinion, I agree that that is a problem. Even Brandon's giving me a look right now. Is, hey, you looking at me, Brandon? Hey, man. It's just, you know, you got to think about these things sometimes. It's, it's people don't talk about them. All right. last The last one we'll talk about, Todd, in Illinois, CWD was the number one uh, issue that our state mentioned 
as affecting their plans. I thought I never would have guessed what they said the number two issue was. What do you think they said the number two issue in Illinois is? For what? Harvesting deer? For just affecting, uh, I think they called it their deer management plan program. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I have no idea. I Illinois no, no responded with the increasing archery harvest. Well, I mean, bow and arrow? Well, that's archery, yeah. <laughs> so they're saying the increasing archery harvest is something that is impacting their deer management program. Well, how in the heck would that affect it? Well, you got to imagine when uh, the DNR, and I guess I'm guessing at this, right? When the DNR sits down at the beginning of the year, they estimate the deer herd. Yeah. They estimate what the average success rate is, how many hunters we have, gun versus bow, whatever, and roughly can try to figure out how many deer we're going to shoot. Every year, especially since the inclusion of crossbows into our season, which is where I'm kind of going with this, I know that where you're archery kill is starting to creep up every year. Well, I mean... So are we killing too many deer? I would be amazed if the Illinois DNR said we we're killing too many deer, but I mean, that's what it appears that they're saying. Well, right, but I, I think what you're alluding to is just the equipment has gotten so much better and more accurate and... People's sure. skills are getting better bow hunting wise, right? I mean, yeah, we talk about this a lot. I, I mean, so I, I, gosh, I don't know how that would really affect what's the difference. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm not really sure how they're considering that a factor when they're trying, well, when the numbers really, based on what you shared earlier, haven't really changed much. We were actually down. Yeah, I kind of thought that was interesting too, but I think our archery, I think our percentage of deer killed with archery equipment is creeping up. Mm. So we, we might be losing maybe a few firearm hunters or something like that. But our archery harvest seems to continuously be increasing every year as more and more folks probably But they're are, keeping track of crossbow, crossbow kills separately. They are, but we don't have that information in this report. We'd have to probably go directly to the state when they issue their report at the Got end it. of the year to figure that That's out. That's interesting. I did I think would, that I would have never expected that. I, I wouldn't have either. I, mean, I, I looked at this maybe, and I was like... I mean, you said CWD, but maybe they're considering CWD or just diseases in general. Because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, come on. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, do you ever really remember EHD being a huge thing, right? Like, it, it doesn't feel like it's creeped, you know. No. But, but you know, they're saying a lot of times that has to do with climate change, too. It does. I don't want, you know, because it's getting warmer up here. So, because that, that midge fly has to actually start south and kind of, like, work its way up here. Sure. Yeah. I would say that. I mean, there's no question our winters seem to be getting less severe. We've had less cold snaps. I mean, it's snowing right now but for the first time. Yeah. No, this is the least amount time. of snowfall we've had in a long time. Right. So I thought that was interesting. When you look down here, you know, most of the states in the southeast, CWD, right? I mean, it's just all CWD. When you look at those, like, uh, east coast states, Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, it's Limited access, hunter access, hunter access, suburban development, access constraints, hunter access, hunter access. Like all of those are talking like we just don't have anywhere for these people to go. Yeah. Right. In order to. to well, we've always talked about that, though. I, I mean, yeah. it is not an easy sport to just run out, buy equipment and go hunting. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's not. And even if public land's available, I mean, the, you know, you, you get there and the parking lot's filled and you're a little discouraged. So 74% of the the hunters in Illinois bow, are bow hunters. Wow. Of our deer hunters. So we have... Uh, That's we ha amazing. We have 235, let's call it 1,000, 235,000 deer hunters in the state. 
173,000 of those um, are bow or crossbow hunters. So mm. 74%. Conversely, we have only 70% of our people are gun hunters. So we have more bow hunters than we have gun hunters now. Now the gun hunters still kill more deer. They're more successful. Wow. But we have more people bow hunting than we have gun hunting. That's in interesting. Our, in our state now. So, and I think that's what they're probably talking about is that continued rise in that number. I have As a more and more a people that were shotgun hunters. Though, they're buying bow tags too. I mean, I, I mean they are, well, they are. That's what yeah. I'm, there's a lot of crossover between these, but you're seeing more and more now that crossbows are legal. You're getting a lot of your gun hunters, which is what everybody always feared, right? That was always the big don't include crossbows. Everybody that gun hunts is going to start bow hunting. Well, guess what? It's actually happening and it's starting to impact some of the harvest numbers. So like Ohio, for example, huge crossbow state, they kill more deer with bows there than they do with guns. But is that because they're getting a first crack and knocking the herd down before you even get to the gun seasons? I'm sure that's part of it, but there's a ton of people crossbow hunting in Ohio and they're doing an overbait. <laughs> so your success rate better be pretty high. You better kill them quick, boys. That's what we've learned from this. Yes, <laughs> That's what sure. we've learned from this. You better kill them in the first I week. don't know that we learned a whole lot, but we talked about some interesting topics anyways. Well, I mean, there's no doubt. One of the biggest things that you and I have been talking about quite a bit is just the effectiveness of all equipment and the effectiveness of hunters in general. I mean, yeah. you just think about podcasts, YouTube videos, great websites, whatever, the amount of pure content that is out there to help people be more successful and the equipment that we're using today, I mean, come on, man, whether it's thermals, not that you're using thermals to kill deer, but I mean, you can use thermals at night to kind of get an idea where deer are hanging out. There's just so much technology, trail cameras, crossbows, you know, bows. I mean, just everything, everything is just yeah. better. Sometimes Box I think blinds. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's not even the, like the tech, like when we think of tech, we think of, like electronics and those like things you're talking about. I think it's just everybody's way more knowledgeable at how to kill a deer oh, today for sure. than they've I mean, ever just, been. Th just think about the right? things. Like, if, like, hey, man, I'm going to go uh, buy uh, an acre of beans back from my farmer, and I'm going to put a box blind on it, and I'm going to wait till December or January when it's snow and cold. It's a terrible And I'm going to go hunt. climb in a box blind mm -hmm. and shoot a deer. Yeah. Like, it's, it's literally like, that's it. Yeah. You know, and everybody knows that secret now. It's not, you know, it's not like it's, we haven't seen it a million times or I'm going to go a bunch of mow a bunch of corn down and hunt over that or just whatever. You know, sometimes it's just the knowledge up here that we have on how to do it more efficiently. Yeah, for sure. Versus just the technology that we have. But I guess you combine those combine two things together. Combine the two together, together and you got yourself a dead deer. Per perfect storm. Yeah. And then you look at me. I haven't shot a buck in two years here in <laughs> Illinois. Here I am talking about, yeah, it's, man, it's so well, much easier than it's ever I mean, been. You, you could have been one of the <laughs> number killers or one and a half year old killers if you wanted to be. I mean, you're also waiting. So that's totally different. I mean... You're passing animals. Sure. Dude, you could have shot plenty of doe and plenty of one and a half and two and a half year old deer if that's what you were desiring, but that's just Correct. not what you're after, you know? But yep. the, the writing's on the wall, <sighs> trying to wait for those three and a half and four and a halfs are going to get harder and harder too. I think part of the issue is that they're getting killed at three and a half. For at least sure. that's what I'm seeing. I'm, I seem to be seeing fewer... Of those four, five, oh. and six-year-old deer, a lot of three-year-olds. I know I two, three-and-a-half-year-olds I got. Yeah. I mean, I had like three or four of them to start the season on most of my properties, and I'm down to like two to end the season. I told right? you. What, yeah. They're getting whacked. 
I, I told you what I want to do this year, you know, for the start of Bowhunter Dies. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use this wall and I'm going to put You can't pictures. mess up our wall. It's part of our studio, bro. Well, we're going to fix this well, one over we'll here. We won't wall. mess up the pinch point studio. We'll mess with the Bowhunter Die studio. And we're, right. we're going to keep track of at least 10 of your favorite deer and 10 of mine. We can't keep track of them all. But sure. dude, it's just, not, I mean, when you, <laughs> I mean, when you, this is like cards falling. I mean, when you just, when the season starts, I mean, it's like, or even before the season starts with the big yeah. one I was chasing this year, like, man, it's tough to be a deer. Gosh, <laughs> it's, a hard, it's, it's, hard, a, it's a terrible hard life. life. I know I'm coming back as a deer. I'm toast. It's going to be bad. <laughs> at least you'll pro- you have a pretty good shot of making it to at least three and a half nowadays. Uh, Fortunately, everybody's passing you when you're younger. You get a couple years to enjoy life. Gosh, you got to just keep Unless bre- you're in Wisconsin. You got to keep breaking or your Michigan. antlers off and just, you know. Somehow. Oh, there you go. That's the thing. Like, if you think a deer is unlucky to be born with like poor antler genetics, maybe it's the other way around. They're lucky because then everybody passes them because they don't want to burn their tag on an inferior management buck and then we li- let him just go breed yeah until he comes walking <laughs> pass on their genetics and then you're like time to smoke him yeah it'll be uh it, it's just interesting to see how things shake out this we year. have we'll some have challenges our, our ahead. hit list and we'll see i mean i just i know i talked to my neighbor i think after the season was over i was texting with him and i was you know just sending him some pictures of some deer like i, want, I don't know what happened to this one and he's like, oh, yeah, a neighbor shot that oh. one with a gun. I'm like, oh, no, come on. It's beautiful double drop time. Oh, sometimes you're better not ask, better off not asking. I just want to know. I like, know. you're going to find out next summer when they don't show up anyways. Yeah. You know, but sometimes it's nice to hold out that little nugget of hope that, like, mm. maybe they're going to come back. But, uh, yeah, more often than not, like, here's my rule of thumb. If a deer disappears in November that's been pretty steady on trail camera. If you're thinking you just found a new hiding spot. He's dead. He's probably <laughs> if, if, if they disappear anytime in the last couple of days of October or the first couple of weeks in November and you don't see them for the rest of the season, they are dead. It's usually 99% of the time. Yeah, I had one that was still hanging around on my place that had a, uh, he got shot in the front leg. But oh, I, yeah, I, I think the coyotes finally got him. I know the coyotes got to my broken leg buck that I had out of my farm. They I can run those down. You get four or five dude, yolts dude, on a deer he like that. lived for over a year with mm. that broken leg. Mm. I mean, he shed his rack last year, grew, grew a rack this year. I saw him once this year. I had a bunch of videos of him making scrapes and doing stuff. And then uh, the last set of pictures I had of him, he looked really bad. Like yeah. he was skinny and run down. And he was bedding down in front of the camera. And then he'd get up and move and bed again. And I was like, he doesn't look good. And then um, we actually... Speaking of this, we sent a friend of ours out to go hunt, or at least because we weren't hunting it late season. I just didn't want to drive out there. He was looking to try to shoot a deer, so we sent him out to one of our stands, and he happened to find that deer dead mm. down in the in the creek bottom. Yeah. The coyotes had, had eaten him. So it's a hard life, no doubt. Deer. So well, it's better to be a person than a deer, apparently. So I know this one was pretty long. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We thought there's a lot of stuff worth talking about, and since we had a guest, and I'm not just talking to myself. We felt like that would be a better use of our time. So we hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you spread the word about the Pinchpoint podcast. Todd's got an idea for a podcast coming soon. It, it, We're it's working work on in it. progress. It's going to take a little bit of time. And That's we want to do it right. You told me to do it right. We're going to do it We're right. We're going to do it right. But be on the lookout this spring. Graph Man here is going to have a really awesome podcast that I think you guys are going to enjoy. So uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. If you watched, listening, if you listened, uh, make sure to check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and YouTube. We'll see you next week right here on The Pinch Point. Unless CWD gets both of us.
That would be unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs>